This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapers? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. And uh, if this is your first Geekscape, well, shame on you. We've been around for almost nine years talking about movies, video games, and comic books with guests and co-hosts. And we've done it a lot. Um, but you know what? You're just going to have to go online to like our Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and stuff like that and research because you're late to the party. If this is not your first Geekscape, you know how it works. Um, why don't you take that time because you're already committed to the church of Geekscape to go on like you know, iTunes or SoundCloud and tell your friends about it, but also uh, share it on your social media and give us those five stars and a review and all that stuff. Um, you know what? Have you told a friend about Geekscape in the last month, last week, last 24 hours? If not, you know, take this time while you're listening to go and do it right now. I mean, what are you doing with your hands while you're li- Wait, you know what? Don't answer that. <laughs> but um, since your hands might be free and you're listening to this podcast, why don't you podcast, uh, you know, uh, why don't you suggest this Podcast to all your friends right yeah. now. Do that right now. Uh, RT. That's, that's Will Sterling. He's our uh, co-host today. Kenny Craig is out, not feeling well. And um, we, as always, we have a guest co-host in the studio. Today is Robert Burnett. He's a good friend of ours who has never been on Geekscape, even though he's one of the most qualified among us. That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> that's because, very nice of you to say. Well, Indeed. anybody who made Free Enterprise, you know, that, that like Star Trek, Ultimate Star Trek like fan film? We were talking about earlier, yeah. Like, anybody who made that it, like is Geekscape. It's forgotten. You think so? I think it was. I was just saying it's it's sort of a movie that that was before its time. Do you think we, that it was like? No, I mean, I don't see how you can do anything post Kevin Smith and think that a geek movie is post before its time. It's true. Well, I think it was right before the geek singularity. You know, I th- I think that that when we were making the movie, people were like, "Why would you want to do a movie with William Shatner?" Cut to what? he's now won wow. two Emmys. He's cut yeah. albums with Ben Folds. He did a prog rock record with members of Yes. You, I went and yeah. saw him perform live. I mean, come on. If we had made that movie now, I would have a career. Yeah. So you think that like Free Enterprise came maybe four or five years before yes. any of that? Yes. Because I think, you know, with the rise of the we it came out in ninety nine. Yes. And with the rise of the internet and everything that's happened, geek culture has kind of gone mainstream. I mean, we were I think we were part of or we'd like to fancy ourselves as part of this 
uh, rarefied group of cool mm. geeks, you know, that had girlfriends and things like that. And, <laughs> and now it's like, you know, Ghost World came out and Thora Birch was a geek girl goddess and right. the oh, world yeah. just upped and changed. Yep. So, and I love Scarlett Johansson in that movie. Yeah. She was so, I thought she was hot in that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, from Ghost World to Age of Ultron. And, could you believe yeah, right? it? And, the horse uh, whisperer. She but was... but I I remember like when I was in film school like you were one of those people who I was like oh that Kevin Rubio guy made troops that I downloaded on my Prodigy online account and so <laughs> it took you know fifteen I mean? like, hours to download. Yeah, but I was like <laughs> but like I was like these guys are making this stuff. Right. There's a place for me. Keep it warm, fellas. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it's good to know. You know what I mean? Because like, I, and I think that there are kids in film. Oh, I know because I I teach Mondays. I teach film school on Mondays and. uh and there are students who look at the stuff that, like, Robert does and our friends do, and they're like, whoa, I want to make stuff like this. And right. it's like, well, you can if you have a dream. Yeah. And 10 years or a trust fund, whichever one comes first. <laughs> like, like, you can skip the 10 years with a trust fund right. or, you know, uh, a father in the industry, or you can do the 10-year, 11-year, 15-year grind like Robert and I did and continue to do. Yes. And, uh, and it's just, you know, set yourself up for the long haul because you know what? It's a lot like a long high school. No one wants anything to do with you, so you better go back to your characters. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, Sit in the corner and read your comics. But Robert, like, am I wrong? I mean, because you have been involved in some really cool stuff. You get to see how some of our favorite, most like influential directors work when you make these behind-the-scene DVDs and like oh, it was, making you know, ups and stuff. It was amazing because I, I've known Brian Singer for a long time, and I remember going to – he did this amazing event – where he showed his short film Lion's Den mm-hmm. uh, at an event that he put on at the Directors Guild, and he had Sam Raimi host it. Wow. And he did this genius thing where he already basically sold it out. Then he took out an ad in Variety, come see three bold new visions. And so everybody in town couldn't get in, yeah. so it became like the thing to go see. And wow. he had it fully catered, and he did the smartest thing. He had a full bar. Okay. So people stayed after the films and hung out and met the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And within a couple and of weeks, who was it? It was it was like him, it was, Sam Raimi. Uh, it was it was Raimi hosted it. It was Brian, and it was the guy who made "And God Spoke." Oh yeah, God, Arthur I love that movie. Borman. Arthur okay. Borman, I think. And I forget the other guy. He made a movie called "The Interview." And uh, within a couple of weeks, Brian got the money to make um, a public access his first feature. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in '93, it shared the co-grand prize at the uh, Sundance Film Festival. So that's what he did. He he sold this thing out. Sold the thing out, yeah. and it was like him and Chris McQuarrie made it. Wow. And it was about they, they had gone off to college, and the whole movie is about them coming back after the first year and hanging out at their favorite diner, which right. was like Lions, the Lion's Den. And they yeah. sold this thing out. And they, they sold this thing out, and everybody came, and, and it became – they turned it – Brian is one of the, the most business-savvy people I've ever met. He always was. I mean, this was a great. One of his uh, friends' mothers told me that when he was in uh, high school, he always carried a briefcase around with his projects inside. Whoa! And I was wow. like, I've watched him. You do, do that some now, people things. are gonna assume you have guns in it. Yeah, right. You know, I what know. I mean? like you do that today, <laughs> it's like that fucker is gonna shoot the school up. Right. He but did it was, that when he was in college, he did this in event? high school. No, well, he did it right after. No, he did this event right after. This was in ninety. Uh, one. He was coming out of USC. Yeah, he came right out of USC, okay. and I had known him because we were both members of the Sci-Fi Academy, the Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films Academy with Doctor Donald Reed. Sweet. Holy shit! So. And you know, you had to like write letters for that thing. You know, yeah. it's like there weren't even BBSs at that point. Like you couldn't like <laughs> dial into a BBS. Could you dial into like a Baltimore? Well, person? when I was at my roommate, when I was at SC, had a BBS that twenty yeah. people could call up on, and Whoa. we would we would we would. Star Trek. It was a Star Trek BBS board. And, and you could do those thing. moves. Remember there was a game? It was crazy. Like, there was a game, like, you could always play, like, the, what was the drug smuggling game where you could play, uh, 
like drug wars. <laughs> you remember that on BBSs? So you would you would call you would dial into this BBS and you would make a move. Okay. And then you disconnect, right. and then somebody would come along sooner or later and make a move against you. And, oh my god! And like, and that's how you'd play games on a BBS. You'd have to dial in. Make, Two months later, yeah, right. yeah, and like, and like, but I mean, you could make a handful of moves. You could probably make five. It was like you could move places, and then you could like attack, and maybe you could like sell, trade something, and like, and like, I remember there was a star, a, a BBS game you could play. A Star Trek one, uh-huh. and you could play, and it was like, what, "Who are you? You're a Romulan, a Klingon, or, or a Federation?" And like, you have to control parts of the galaxy, and you would meet these other people on BBSs, and it was like, bef- I mean, keep in mind, like the like, you could only download like ASCII characters, you know, right. it, it, so right. like, you couldn't actually get images unless it was like a bunch of asterisks and stuff in formation that looked like a Romulan warbird, <laughs> right? So like, so like, you were like, "Oh, these graphics are tight," so like. Like downloading an actual like porno image, right? It's like too big. So <laughs> even though even though that's what you wanted to download, like you'd be like, oh, that, that like that that you know asterisk and like ampersand kind of looks like a urethra. Like <laughs> like like, like it, it took forever to do anything adult on the internet, so you just end up playing Star Trek. I remember that's loading awesome. up. You remember when you had to load programs via audio cassette? No. Do you remember? Okay. I think we're a little separate. Yeah. But, yeah. No, had not, to, you, not too you separate where an, we can't connect. An but. audio cassette, you'd have to load a program like on an Apple II. Okay. And I remember my my neighbor across the street, Pete Chambers, had an Apple II, and he had a game called Soft Porn Adventure. Whoa! And it was like, and we'd sit there for hours and wait, you know, like when's it gonna finish downloading? And then when it did, from an audio cassette, like an actual, like an actual audio cassette. That's how you would look. It it didn't sound. It sounded like you know. Like some kind of like a weird a alien. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how you'd load the thing. And of course, most of the time or half the time, it didn't work. So you'd wait like three or four hours and you're like all ready to play. And then, oh. You're all primed with shit. your dude next to you. <laughs> yeah, like, like you're all like half. And it was like a you're text-based like, game. There was totally. no graphics you're like or half anything. half-masked and some dude's <laughs> but next to you. Soft, you guys are all fucking soft, ready to Soft-core porn adventure. <laughs> yeah, soft-porn adventure soft is what it's called. To eBay! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, guys, let's get, get you I mean, we're Amazon. talking, that's got to be 32, 33 years ago. But it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then you could like get AIDS in Leisure Suit Larry. Remember that was one of the endings in Leisure Suit Larry? You could contract AIDS. It was like you have AIDS, you died. <laughs> it's like, what? Why did you make this Oregon game? Trail. I mean, it's it's incredible to think where we have come. Yeah, now, now there's sex bots. There's literally like sex bots or like fake vaginas you can do things yep. with. Flashlight. <laughs> Hey, welcome. Yeah, so glad you came. That's what, that's what, as geeks, though, we're supposed to. We would. We, yeah. Didn't we win that war that we don't have to use fake things anymore? Yes. The idea. Like, Isn't that uh, one day there will be cherry two thousands for all of us? <laughs> wow, nice reference. <laughs> remember how hot Melanie Griffin was? And, like, Steve DeJarnat directed that. He went to the Evergreen State College. Do you that, remember that? Yeah, cherry and that's coming out on Blu-ray. Cherry two thousand. Yes, it is. Awesome. I want to see Prayer for the Roller Boy. Uh, I have the um, DVD. Do you really? I do. Gaga Communications. I love Speedbagger. Do you see remember why? Speedbagger? See why he's on Deep Prayer of the Roller Boys. Do you guys remember? Like, do you understand how like it, it is my fault that eight and a half years have gone by? And Robert has. What have I been doing with my life? I mean, you know what? If you guys are actually subscribed to the Geekscape feed, there, uh, Robert has been on the Geekscape feed. He's been on my panels at Kamikaze, and I put those out on the feed. Right. So you guys have heard Robert's voice as 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 much as talking about like kaiju and stuff like that is, which you know he's. Ex- Intensely oh. knowledgeable about all that stuff, but, <laughs> but um, Prayer of the Roller Boys—that's a deep cut. Um, you don't get a lot of people talking about the. De- have, there's only a one lousy DVD. Everybody goes to Megaforce. Like that's the problem with yeah, like every, that era. Megaforce everybody goes to Megaforce. Summer of '82, which was the biggest yeah. geek summer ever. And I'm Deeds, like, not words. Remember that poster? Persis <laughs> <laughs> Kambata from Star Trek: The Motion Picture. But I mean, you grew up on all this stuff, and like 
The good guys always win, but, even in the 80s. But, like, is that the, right? I mean, that's the road you <laughs> had to walk down, like, with that stuff. You were like, I want to make stuff like this, but maybe a little better? I'd hope so. You know what I hated about that movie? They did all the visual effects with a process called IntroVision. What is that? That was pioneered. It was an in-camera effects where you could, like, in Stand By Me, for instance, yeah. when the kids are running across a train yes. trestle, they do that in-camera. So it's actually an in-camera But it's horse perspective. It's all those different kinds of things. Oh, right. The first movie to use it was... Um, Outland. Okay. Outland. Peter Himes' Outland. Yeah. And <laughs> in Megaforce, they used a lot of introvision. And there's a scene where there's there's all these guys parachuting down. And you can see all the strings holding up all the, hmm. the parachutes. Like, <laughs> it's the most ridiculously awful. Right. Here's the, the summer of The Thing, the summer of yep. Road Warrior, yep. the summer of Star Trek II, and Poltergeist, and E.T., and Blade Runner, and Tron. And then you have Megaforce. <laughs> like, really? You go, every week there was something awesome. Then you're like, Megaforce is going to rule, man. Um, Hal Needham directed it. <laughs> and then you went and saw it, and it's like, wow, no. We have those no. summers now. Don't you feel like Gold we have those Lame. summers now, yeah, though? We, like, yeah. like, like, We've like, had a decade of that. Like, there's like. Age of Ultron, but then, like, Somewhere in it, you get like the Ninja Turtle reboot and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Even though that made a ton of money, not yeah. just, but, I, but it's still I think, made. I think that one's wrong. I think that one's wrong. If you think of like what were like the giant like Electra level like pie in the face type things that have come up against other major films. Like like here we got Age of Ultron. We got the mm-hmm. Jurassic World coming out. We've well, got, Catwoman. I can't Man. wait for Road Warrior. Sure. Yeah, Catwoman. Remember when like Catwoman, Catwoman comes oh, Catwoman. out and you're like like Pitoff. They hire this awesome French visionary. To direct this movie, and of course, in the studio, hamstrings him. Right. right. Kind of like when uh, 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 Janae came over and directed Alien Three, no, Four, Resurrection, yeah. uh, Resurrection. Alien four, for Resurrection, but yeah. yeah, Alien Three, I feel like it was. I mean, Amelie is one of my maybe script. my ten favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. In, there. Yeah. in the Lost, in whatever the, the City of Lost City Children, Children. Delicatessen, crazy. Yeah, and then they don't let him do that. Looks like what happened to John Woo. He comes over and he yeah. makes Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme. Right. And, my name is and then, and then he makes. If you see the director's cut, but you you're can get not actually going to talk trash on Hard Target, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Go, I mean, no. I like yeah. the director's cut of Hard Target, but Wu makes a John Wu movie, and the studio's like, "What's all the slow motion, the mm-hmm. the, the 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 flowing birds, and the and the editor the, on that? Who edited that film? Okay, no, so the editor on that was on a yeah. podcast called. Um, oh, it was a horror podcast, and he was talking about Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and after Darkman went and did. That hard target in the stories out of hard target were like jaw dropping because right. he's like, this movie was gonna be awesome, right. and the studio was just like, yeah, well, because they don't know they hired the right. The thing is, I was actually working at William Morris, and I was a reader. And when the John Woo was their new client, and they sent over um, William Wisher's draft of Judge Dredd, wow, uh-huh. and I did coverage on it. I was like. This would be perfect for John Woo. I'd seen all of John yeah. Woo's movies, of course, Hard Boiled and The Killer and Better Tomorrow and and all. I waited all that. for three years. <laughs> I mean, it was it was, and so I I, I read this and I'm like, this is great for him. Yeah. And I wrote this. This is kind of a funny story. So I wrote this really long piece of coverage. It's like 20 pages long, and I did a whole history of Judge Dredd and why Hong Kong is like mega city, and yeah. John Woo would be really cool to direct this. Right. And of course, they sent this piece of coverage over to. Uh, Bob Morowski, that's right. Yeah, Bob Morowski. Sam Raimi's yeah. editor. Oh, and he was awesome. He's aw- By the way, he, was... he is a true geek. Oh, too. dude, he started. He has like his, his cult DVD, like Blu-ray, like, like totally. Like the guy is totally into like taking old cult movies and putting them on Blu-ray. But I, I got in trouble, that. so I sent this piece of coverage over, and Ed Pressman thought that ooh, John Woo's going to direct Judge Dredd, and I'm like, look, I just wrote a book report on the Judge Dredd history <laughs> of comedy. I didn't. Yeah. And and somebody at William Morris sent it over there, and I got in trouble. They're like, you know, Bob, we just want to know if the scripts are good or not. 
Oh, uh, you know uh, what? Stay in your lane. Yeah, uh, I'm like, I, I, you know, no one knew what Judge Dredd was. Yeah, I was right. like, you know, William Wisher co-wrote Terminator 2 with James Cameron. Right. It's wow. kind of badass. Uh, obviously, you're going to want to hear more from Robert. We're going to pause for a station identification. We'll be right back on Geekscape. Hang tight, geeks. Hey, Geekscape. It's all right. We're back with Robert Burnett. And um, he was telling us about that script coverage and how it got him in trouble over at uh, William Morris back in the day. Uh, you know, <laughs> back, back, back during that first like geek like era where everybody's like oh ninja turtles did well dick tracy did well yeah. batman obviously the tim burton batmans let's get more and obviously that road led to like i guess in 95 you kind of have that break where yeah. then you get the judge dread movie and right. like the schumacher batman it's it like oh you know and with this I, I hate to think that there's like talk on the internet just in like the last week that avengers age of ultron and for some reason is a failure, like right. like not. Oh man, the the first one is well, making so much more money, yeah. and like Sony this one considered is... Amazing Spider-Man two a failure. It made a ton and of it money, made almost a billion dollars, and it's like, oh, sorry, that but that, that movie alone like couldn't bail out all the shit that you expected <laughs> it. To. I mean, that was what it was. They were relying <laughs> right. on it to dig them out from all their garbage. You know what a temple is supposed to do, though. Yeah, but it's probably a badly designed strategy. Yes, Avengers uh, is going to cross the billion dollar mark in the next week worldwide. Yeah, right. Totally. So why are people poo pooing this? Thing? Uh, I, you know what? I have no idea. Maybe because. Uh, you know, Black Widow has been slut shamed by her co-star. She's right? been relegated to a damsel in distress, and yeah. which, by the way, is a complete interest. misreading of everything that happens to her character in that movie. By yes. the way, yeah. um, and the Vision. Come on, my entire life I wanted to see the Vision on screen, and how badass is he was Paul right. Bettany's the Vision? Part of the movie. That was when awesome. he hands Thor. Spoiler alert! When yeah. he hands <laughs> Thor's hammer, how yeah. great was that? Everyone the theater was like, whoa. He has the he has like audibly like what he has the best line in the entire movie when he's like then again I was born yeah I was like I was like okay that is when Whedon's really great yeah is when he gives us really creative cool stuff like that that's character I loved that Um, well isn't it amazing that we live in a world that if you asked me ten years ago that would there ever be an Avengers movie with individual superhero movies like Captain America four and Iron Man movies that I'd be like, no fucking way. Yeah. What world do you think we live in? That's yeah. never going to happen. Pass yeah. the pipe. I want some of that. <laughs> I mean, now we're in the middle. They're shooting Captain America Civil War now, and they're yep. bringing back all of the new Avengers. Basically right. all of them, yeah. I, I mean, the everybody Vision. Like Thor and, everybody at Thor and Hulk. Well, they're gone. In the movie. Yeah. But, you know, right. Thor's got to go fight in Ragnarok, the big, the big uh, and Hulk, conflagration just, of the gods. People, people at Universal... Like, whatever Marvel wants to do on the distribution, like, skewing, like, please just kind of do it. Because a Planet Hulk movie would be fucking awesome. <laughs> right. Like, right? Like, I, I guess that the whole idea is, like, that they'd have to share the distribution, on, or at least Paramount, uh, Universal would own the distribution on that on that movie. Right. And it's like, Marvel, Disney, please, you have to understand as for, uh, geeks, we want that film. And yeah. we will go see it enough to make it worth your while, even if you don't have complete distribution on that film. Well, they're bringing I William Hurt some... back from The Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk to play uh, General Ross. Ross yeah. General Ross, and, and I think that's pretty cool. That oh, are they? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's coming yeah. back as Thunderbolt. I would love to see Emil Blonsky. I would yeah, love to I see know, right? the return of that. And I would love to see the leader. I would love to see all that they stuff. They talked about Tim Roth being in Avengers 2. At some point, I guess he was Abomination was an earlier draft. I would love to see a bomb. Yeah. And um, we live in a geek golden age, but why the cannibalism? Which is something that Will and I have talked a lot about online. Why the cannibalism? Why 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 can't we just be happy with? Because those what young we have, millennials don't know awesome. how good they have it. They don't. Do you think see, it's them, or do you think it's a holes like us who are like in our thirties and forties? No, because like, I think we're the ones that are stoked about Age of Ultron. I had massive wood for that movie for months. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that we were getting it. Yeah. 
And uh, look what we're getting this. If it doesn't go down after having seen the movie, you have to consult the doctor. Yeah, well, it does. It's been up. It's, and now that Hot Four Toys hours. is going to make a vision mm-hmm. figure. You know, you have the Road Warrior coming up. Like, it's just gonna, I, I, can yeah. you believe it? After oh, God, 30 so years? You might have to cut a vein. And, like, for my birthday. Impression. It's opening for my birthday. Somebody at Warner Brothers is like, Burnett's birthday is this week. I'm going to make sure the Fury Road opens. <laughs> Happy birthday. Let's make a puke blood in a oh, theater. God, it's it's going to be great. I can't wait. But yeah, we live in a golden age. It's people don't remember how few and far between these things were. I mean, there was a time when Steel was coming out. We're like, oh, Shaquille O'Neal is going to play from the Death of Superman storyline. That's when they introduced (laughs) Steel. Kenny Kenny Johnson, Henry. That's right. Yeah, you know, oh, he did V. I had Kenny Johnson come in and lecture for me at, uh, at school once, and I befriended the guy, and he had some amazing stories about showrunning Incredible Hulk and uh, Million Dollar Man and stuff, and I was sitting there, and I was like, this is the dude who created V in Alien Nation. Yep. This guy can do no wrong. I don't care. He can make five steals and like do he no wrong. He should have made five steals. You kidding? I'd watch concerned. that. Dude, when I was a kid... When the bionic woman, when Lindsay uh, Jamie Summers yeah. was rejecting her bionics, I, I was apoplectic. You I felt like, I, I was like, oh my god, that was like the biggest romance. That was like Rhett and Scarlet for me. Wow. Yeah. Was when 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 Lee Majors, you know, and this these six million dollar man, Steve Austin and Jamie Summers hooked up, and then she got in that parachuting accident, rejected her bionics. <laughs> she was gonna die. I'm like, no. I was like eight or something. It was terrible. <laughs> Stakes were so high. It was scary. You, you go yeah, to school was... and you're all upset. Yeah. You, What's come, wrong? you come home and your mom was like, did they beat you up at school again today? It's like, no, they were actually pretty nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a week, it's a week till I find out if Jamie Summers' bionics work. <laughs> no, can't do it. But that's what makes us us. And, and, and you really think it's the millennials? I think it's. I think a lot of it's us in these Facebook. I think it's a mix. Because on Facebook, I think it's a mix of the two. you have people our age who are sitting here being like, there's too much Hawkeye in the movie, and there's too much of this, and that. And I was like, oh, my God. This guy's right. complaining about fucking eating cotton candy, and right. cotton candy is the greatest substance on earth. What yeah. are you doing with Well, it's life? like we were chatting about earlier. It's like – and I, I think as far as the millennials go, it's the people who get all their opinions from other websites and then just spew that. I know, I know we run opinion. a website. Stop reading fucking websites. Right, and they're like, well, this is what it is. It's like you just fucking read that on Joe Blow. So that's – you're just taking that Stop and I'm using it reading. as your own. I literally – lecture and talk to film students and they talk to me or they give me their opinions about movies i know what websites they've read like oh you read that on the dissolve yeah when we were kids like (laughs) i remember when i started seeing david cronenberg movies and cronenberg was always on the cover of cinefantastic or fangoria and Mm -hmm. there was a book there was a study of his movies that came out called the shape of rage which is a reference to the brood, Hal Raglan's psychoplasmics but um (laughs) but so i read that book cover to cover and i'm like oh i puzzle over Cronenberg films when I could get them. Right. And you'd have to draw your own opinions. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's like they don't. People don't ha- they don't have a deep knowledge of these things. It's a very right. cursory. And these right. websites knowledge. are useless. Like they have rumors that are so stupid. It's ridiculous. They they're just out of their minds. You drive read these rumors and, and it's like Oh, so and so is gonna show up in Age of Ultron. It's like you know what? That's for the that that, that would actually make it crappier. Right. Like let's not have that character. Yeah, I remember show the rumor up. being not... like, uh, in Batman vs Superman, Lex Luthor rides a skateboard and has tattoos all over his body. Yeah, it's like, that I, was a I, legitimate obviously, rumor. Obviously, no, man, that's, like, the, that's Joker. the Joker. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's Suicide Squad. Right, but then that picture launched, and then the next day they're like, no, nah, no, there's no tattoos. My favorite rumor, though, this week's rumor du jour for me at least, uh-huh. is that Max von Sydow is the old Boba Fett. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What? That's badass. We if that's at, true I mean, that would be cool. and he escapes the Sarlacc pit, I'm like, Max von Sydow is, is not only is he Ming the Merciless and the Exorcist, right. but now he's Boba I Fett. I would love for that to be <laughs> yeah. true. And he played chess with death in the Seventh Seal. So yeah. I would love oh, for God, that to be true, films. but 
the email that we read, because we were on that email thread, Robert and I, when that came, the actual story said something fucking stupid, like, <laughs> like uh, confirmed rumor. And I was like, you can't even put those two nope, fucking words they don't together. Go together. Like, stop that. And this website is sitting there being like, confirmed as rumor, Max Fine. And I was like, you bunch of neck-bearded, mouth-breathing monkeys. Stop <laughs> using the internet. You are you are hurting our culture. Stop it. Well, yeah. what's I don't understand the spoiler culture at all. I mean, you know everything before it comes out. I, I don't understand that. Like, one of the joys of, of, of when we didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, I would think that geeks would band together to protect their secret. I lose right. a room. To protect the, the, the joy yeah. of seeing something for the first time, but they don't. And I don't know. It's like, we have to one-up one another. I Fury mean, to, Road, I've been leaving the room. Like, on the ads for Fury Road, I'm so excited for it. I've, I've only been seen leaving the, room. the trailers like, that I watched for it, but I haven't, I don't. If I'm hostage in a theater, I'll, re- I'll, I'll, like, well, I'll watch it. Right. But I'll, if I'm hostage in a theater. Right. But at home, like, like I'm DVRing everything. I fast forward through it and I'm like, I even, tell my wife, I'm like, let me know when the show's back on yeah. and I'll stop the, d- the fast forward because I don't want to know Even anything. without reading stuff, I just know the buzz regardless. So right. I know the buzz is good. And it's like, I haven't read a single word of a review, but everybody says it's cool. So you can, it's all Twitter, you know what I mean? You can't escape it. I wish I could say that there's going to be a, a, like what you said, a banding together rejection of all this. Well, they're marketing and it can't be. And also, right. you know, websites, they, they're click-based. They get their ad revenue yeah. based That's on how many unique are. views. And so it's like, well, I'm going to one-up you. But right. what about the experience of actually the very things that we love? You know, it's like it's like I, I thought it was really interesting when the Red Wedding happened on yeah. season three of uh, Thrones, Game right. of Thrones. And the people who hadn't read the books – the, there were people that read the books. They actually set up cameras to watch the reactions. But, but, yeah, well, to watch the reactions of what happened when people right. were like, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, it people was cra- lost their shit. I remember the day. because I, I like, protected my wife from it. And she, she but goes, it's interesting. I don't, don't want to watch this anymore. She's like, she's like, stop it. I don't want to watch this show anymore. Right. And, they're, they're, and I was like, you must. If you don't want, <laughs> if you don't want somebody to know something, write yeah. a book. Right. Because no one will read it. Yeah. You know, it's like don't, don't. That's yeah. why I'm like, oh, there's all these great science fiction novels that I that I uh, devour, and I'm I wait when they get made. Like the Foundation right. trilogy getting made into a movie, or it's not a trilogy, but it was originally. I mean, I know what happens. You know, oh, right? But, but no one's gonna find out. It won't be on the internet, even though it's out there on bookshelves. And yeah. last night's Mad Men, like I wanted to make a joke so badly, and I was like, you know See, what? That joke spoils some things. I so I will, yet. I will only text it to my friends, like Ian Kerner, who I know. Wa- my name. I was gonna say, like I watched that show, but like some days you're just away and you get behind. And so mm-hmm. like people were talking about it today. I was like, don't. Like you didn't see it. I'm like, sorry that other things. Ha-. It was like, and I told you about this. Like when Daredevil came out after one weekend, everybody binged it, and I had seen none of it because my sister got married and I was away. And people were giving me shit for priorities. not having sat down and watched 13 priorities. hours right. of television. I'm giving you <laughs> sorry I, I, priorities. I shouldn't even had you on the show. That <laughs> you are not qualified to co-host. I, had, I think by the time I'd seen the first two episodes. And but listen to what you're amazing. saying, though. Yeah. You're talking about a Daredevil television show. Right? How crazy. We live in wondrous times, my friends. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is amazing. That. Yeah. As I've amazing. said many times, we just have to outlive Kevin Feige. Just <laughs> look both ways when stepping off a curb. We have to outlive him. Geeks, we have to look out for each other. Um, geeks, that is what this show is about. I'm going to pause for that station ID right now. Uh, Jake, Jake, say hello to all the geeks. Hello, geeks. Uh, we're going to pause for that station ID. When we come back, i got to get this story from your coverage. Oh, i got to right. still get that story from you, Robert Burnett. And we'll talk some Star Trek, because that is his favorite subject. And I went to see SciFest, which we promoted last week with our good buddy Tim Russ on the show. So we'll be right back on Geekscape. Hang tight. 
Geekscape. Hey, Geekscape. We're back on Geekscape with Robert Burnett, and uh, you guys know him as a giant Star Trek fan. At least I do. Um, because are, are you doing anything with uh, Star Trek Axanar? I am. I edited Prelude to Axanar. and that I, was fucking awesome production value on that thing. That was uh, thank insane. You. If, if anyone wants to watch it, it's on YouTube, Prelude to Axanar, which was our proof of concept for the feature film that we're making. And what's interesting about that was I was actually working for CBS on the Star Trek The Next Generation Blu-rays, and then I was doing Prelude to Axanar in my spare time. So I was violating copyright wow. while i was working for the but were you know you what share, were you sharing assets i was not sh- no 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 <laughs> sharing we oh no 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 everything that axonar that was created for axonar is all original all mm-hmm. the ship designs except for the the enterprise what about the font? constitution okay the, <laughs> you, no you we are we, you know what our font our axonar yeah. font yeah. is microgramma Ooh. Which was big in the '60s, and like Journey to the Far Side of the Sun or Jerry Anderson's UFO. Have you watched this, <laughs> this Star Trek Axanar? You know, how no, I, I, I have to have Gary on the show. Speaking of alienation, oh, he's great. Yeah. like uh, like he's a hoot, by the way. He's amazing. We were he was on the comic book show when I hosted the comic book show, and like you know we we just got along. And then I saw him at Kamikaze, and I just didn't like. He was like, "Here's my email," and he was about to do that panel. Yeah, yeah. And you were about you just came off of my panel. We're about to do that panel, and I was like, "He's like my email is something something 30. And I was like, "I'm not remembering numbers." Well, he's like, no, he's a great guy. No. I mean, we're doing a shoot. We're doing a shoot for the uh, Axnar feature in mm-hmm. a couple weeks with him. He's awesome. Where he's coming back and playing Soval. And he was telling me so many stories about what I thought was fucking Alien Nation. Uh-huh. Oh, just that show like, was great. Amazing. It was way better than the movie. Loved the show. The show was great. Kenny Johnson shout out. Um, <laughs> but this Axanar thing, what? You know what? Like, I have a thing about fan films because my worry is like fan films are going to make you super freaking popular and. You're playing with someone else's toys, you know, like right. you're a cover band. And that's my worry is that like, yeah, you're a great well, cover band, but when it comes time to actually take it to the next step, you – what are you going to do? Like somebody's going to give you something original? Like where is that going to – like, like it, I feel like that step is you're only helping yourself in a half increment. Does that make sense? Does I don't – okay. Does, does that make sense? Like what's the I strategy? I agree with you. Here's the way I think about it. Star Trek fandom in the 70s is what kept Star Trek alive. People yeah. were, were building props. They were selling up conventions. They were writing fanzines or fan fiction. And so Star Trek has always had a very vocal fan community. But who are you really helping? Are you helping Well, I don't CBS think you're – I don't know if it's – for us, it's – it's look, I, I built spaceship – I built Starship models on the weekends in my garage. Right. And, and, and this to me is kind of like just a bigger – Starship model. Right. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, I have been a very vocal, very outspoken critic of what J.J. did with the franchise. Yes. And um, I've seen yeah. the emails. They cannot be repeated. <laughs> yeah, I, for, for Robert's career, they cannot be repeated. And, uh, well, no, I mean, I'm and I think, you know, getting together with your friends and putting on a show. And for me, what I see Axnar as, I want to show, say, private equity financiers what we can do for very little money. Right. And it's something where we can get behind it and people will watch it and uh, people like it. And uh, for me, it's just proof of concept. It certainly doesn't help my career. But do at you all. think it'll help like Christian's career? Um, I don't know. You know, like, I, he's I, the director. Christian goes. Christian, I think I think Christian is a great creator in his own right. Oh like, my god, the, Red the, the production Star. quality on this stuff is amazing. No, it's amazing. And, it looks amazing. And I think what's really interesting to me is, I mean, I've loved the Star Trek universe my whole life, and I. I've never been able to like really play in it. Mm-hmm. We're actually building a bridge set at our studio. Oh you know, man, our, we got to shoot. We like, kickstart. Awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, we you should see it. We got to make porno. It's amazing. So <laughs> I, thought, I was like, who's going to be the first person to have sex on our bridge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that old Kim Cattrall story on yeah. Star Trek Six. Um, <laughs> if that happened. Uh, but yeah, we have a bridge to go play with. Right. right. You know, I, I mean, it's it's how can you not love that? Although. 
I do think that we are there's not just us. There's all these fan films that are that are making tons of money on Kickstarter to make to make these things. And the YouTube's and, like the the Star Trek the reimagining. Well, I don't know what Star it is. Trek continues that and thing. then Star Trek Phase yeah. Two and there's all these things. I mean, look, I heard that people at CBS really don't know what to do with it. Right. But right. it's advertising it, as long as it's it's not encroaching on their their box office. Yes, oh, right. it's helping. It's like I keeping mean, the flames it lit. Gives well, it's more, like yeah. Lucasfilm actually got out in front of the fan film phenomenon and they made assets available and they said as long as you're not making money and they gave out. Fan film awards, it's amazing, and they put their best fan films on the big Blu-ray set that came out of all six of the original, well, the prequel trilogy yeah. and the the original Star Wars films, and the, so they're endorsing that as right. long as you don't, you know, you Is don't. Is that make like money. Van Damme when he did those green screen shots? Mother. I still, I have yet to use those. <laughs> yeah, right. <now. laughs> I'm such a Van Damme <laughs> fan so that like awesome. whenever those things get released, like my Facebook is like 30 of those, 30 <laughs> people like post them like, hey, have you seen this? Van Damme on a green screen. You can use these assets for whatever you want. I'm like, That's so awesome. Until you uh, make a SAG feature, do you have to yeah, pay them? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah right. But I, you know, I, I think we're having a lot of fun. I think the Axonar feature, the script is great. Uh, the acting, the, the actors that we have are great actors. And Watch I think, this prelude. Um, it's yeah, I know. I, prelude it to it's on YouTube. Watch it now. Okay. It was humbling. Uh, I was like, why even pick up a camera at this point? Well, you know <laughs> what, though? Amazing. I mean, we can take that same team and apply it. There's a guy named uh, Jeffrey Morris who's out of the Midwest, out of Minneapolis, and he made a film called Oceanus. Yeah. And it was a half an hour proof of concept. He wants to make it into a full feature. Uh-huh. And he used some of the same team that we used on Axonar, and he built a full scale. It's an underwater movie. Uh, mini sub, Bruce Davidson's in it, and he did an incredible job. I mean, the thing is amazing. I don't think it's online yet, but um, to show that these these movies can have such high – for a million bucks, we can make you a $100 million movie mm-hmm. yeah. with and our acts and our team. it's not going to be right. Skype Captain in the world tomorrow. No. Yeah. Because remember that dude? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where did he end up? He was gonna do like a Flash Gordon. He was movie gonna and... do. He was yeah. He was gonna do John. Um, John Carter. John Carter. Or something, yeah. Oh. What happened to him? Yeah, I don't know. You know, and like that Carrie, was the it biggest was Carrie story. Con- Carrie Conlon. Yeah, it was like the biggest story. They made like the Sky Captain concept in his basement, like over six years, seven right. years. Do you think Christian can go take this and then go make like a Red Star movie, like the way that he's built the fan base on this Axanar thing, that he can then be I like, think All right, so. I'm make I mean, a Red Star movie. Do you I... think they'll follow him over? or Do you think they're pretty like, no, we'll only give our money to Star Trek. No, I mean, I think once people read the Red Star, it's of such high quality. It's one of my favorite modern comic books. I mean, it was it's an it's amazing it's an it's amazing bit of world building. Is 15, 20 years old. I know crazy. it keeps getting optioned for video games right. and this that, and the other thing. I don't know why no one's made it yet. But I, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know what a fan film does for you in Hollywood. In Hollywood, you have to be cool for like a week, that week. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's insane. And in that week, you land directly. I mean, you look had, what happened with Joe. And you, ha- and you have to make sure that your dogs don't cause $100,000 of damage to a house in oh, Louisiana. Oh, no. Oh, ouch. <laughs> and well, what about what about what Josh jo- Trank did with yeah. his... Is that what happened? That was the rumor oh. that, like... And I know we're perpetuating rumors, but, like, the story is that Josh Trank was not well-behaved on the set of of uh, Fantastic Four, and they took the Star, the Star Wars movie away from him. Oh. They were like, yeah, you weren't fun to be around, so we don't want to be around you anymore. His dogs caused $100,000? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't see how that's possible. And Josh, I'm on your side. How the hell did small dogs cause $100,000 <laughs> in property damage? You, you know, if they if they did, they ate my a wife's a dog boss. trainer. You can always look her up. But, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy that one. Well, look at what Joseph Kahn did with uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, you know, his power. He, yeah. he's a he was a a, a name director and right. and he did that. He made that cool movie Detention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Blu-ray. Oh, just you like Detention? Yeah. 
I, you know what? I, I Let's did. Let's be honest. No, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, but then again, I'm the kind of guy that likes Liquid Sky and Life Force. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for the I, I, I love Star Crash. I was not. You know what? The, you Star know what the Crash. problem was? You do like but Star Crash is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Awesome. Marjo Space, Gordner, Space David Hasselhoff, and Space Caroline Monroe. Space and some insane nudity. Um, but, but, <laughs> like, what about what about Joe Spinellis? That woman Zarthar. is shapely. But, uh, I, you know, I saw Detention the worst possible way. Uh, Eric Francisco, who's one of our writers, is a huge Detention fan. And uh, and I watched it like the last day of South by Southwest one year, and I was over it. I was, yeah. like, so exhausted, <laughs> so sleep-deprived. And this movie is, like, jolt cola. Like, yeah, it, it's in, erratic in, like, and it, crazy. It's insane. Yeah. And I'm sitting here watching this film, and I know, I know it's happening, but I can't keep up with it. Right. You know, it, it, it's it's. It was it was like water torture for me, right? Because it was the worst possible way I could have seen that film. Right. I give Detention credit. I will recommend it now. Go see Detention. It's insane. You better have the energy to be keeping I up with this. I didn't either. Because I did not. And I it, had the same fucking, circumstance. It, I was at home and I was like, I didn't really know anything about it. And it, it was on Netflix. Me. And I was like, oh, it's like a horror film, but it's like a horror comedy. So I was like, sweet. So I threw it on in the first like 10 minutes. I was like, awesome, because I love that <laughs> comedy. And then it like from my perspective, I was like. Oh, they just lost their minds. No. And then it just it's like, like the went. flash running around you with and a bat. And I was just sitting tired. I think it like had a couple beers and I was like, no, I'm not ready for this. And I just like I finished it, but I was like, I don't know. I it's don't insanity. know. And I do go back and watch movies when I feel that way. I think because almost I do to think credit, it's important it's insanity. To... Right. So like Well, have you seen like Enter the Void? Yeah, I can't I, that one is like See, I was one, the the only movie since Clockwork Orange I watched back to back. I watched that film. Wow. I saw it. It was three hours long. Another South by Southwest premiere. I right? had like, to watch it again. I mean, Gaspar Noe, come on. But he premiered that Animal one the on the that's first awesome. night of South by to his credit. And you watch oh, that and you're like, okay. And then you watch that on like the seventh night after sleep deprivation of being at a film festival. And you're like, time out. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> There's blood coming out of my nose. No me gusta. Yeah. No me gusta. Um, so tell us that story about reading scripts because in like seven. Oh, okay. So I was... After I worked in feature production at Warner Brothers, and I was a management trainee, and then I went over to Silver Pictures to be a reader. And I was not a very good reader in terms of, of being diligent to read scripts because it was hard. It was a tough job. It was, it was like boring. doing two book reports. But there was a, a – he's now a producer. His name's Gavin Pallone. And at the time, he worked – I believe he was an agent at Bauer Benedict, and it became UTA. Everything he sent over, everything that Gavin Pallone ever sent over was good. Yeah. Like it was worth reading. So he's awesome. And I, I just said anything that comes from uh, Gavin Pallone's office, I would like to read. And they, they, they give it to me. And I get this script called Seven by Andy Kevin Walker. I took it home. I read it. You never, you're never supposed to say yes to a script. It's like recommend or yeah. yes or no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With rewrite. This script, I was, it was the only script in my professional script reading career that I said yes to. It was right. like the greatest script ever. Yeah. And and um, I couldn't believe it. it. You know, it ended with Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box before she was Gwyneth Paltrow. No right, one was cast, right, obviously. Right. In it. And I read it. I told my bosses, I'm like, you gotta, you got to read this script. you got to read it. And um, this went on for like two weeks. And nobody would read the script. And the only way you get promoted as a reader at a company like Silver Pictures is if you find great material. Right. And I'm like, they got to hire this guy. And then I get a phone call from my boss at the time who's in New York. And he calls me. He goes, "Don't talk about Seven anymore. I'm, I, I, I've flown out here. I'm meeting with the writer. He was a clerk at Tower Records. Andy Kevin Walker was a clerk. Whoa, at Tower Whoa, the writer wow. of Seven. Yeah, writer of Seven. And they were going to bring him out. And they brought him out to write a project called Lie to Me, which never yeah. got made. Uh-huh. No, uh, it was a different one, different thing. Oh, different Lie to Me. And then you know he went on to write Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, and right. he's, he wrote right. Eight Millimeter, and he's a really nice guy. And and 
And I realized, well, it, and he goes, I'm taking credit for finding seven. That's what your boss said. Boss said. And I was like, but, uh, 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 uh. And then my career at Silver Pictures didn't last much longer than that. Right. And you're, did, I mean, but they ended up making the movie. Silver Pictures did not. Okay. They didn't make it. It took five years after I read that script for it to get made because people kept trying to change the ending. Ah. And like David Fincher. Yeah, wanted finally to put his foot down. He wanted to change it. David Fincher. Wanted no, to he wanted it? to keep yeah. that ending, and everyone else was like, "You can't have a head in the box." Spoiler alert. Right. Yeah, but that's become one of the most famous freaking lines. Yeah. In anything, right? What's in the box? And that goes to show how important artistic integrity is for some of these times. You know what I mean? Like when all these we hear about these decisions that were made because people stuck to their guns and put their foot down, and it changed history or cinema or whatever you're like yeah that's because that's people who know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it just seems consistently when people decide to fuck with things they don't turn out well you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's like maybe don't do that and the the shining example is all the times that people said look i know what i'm doing just trust me and nine times out of ten it works out pretty well right one of my favorite stories was from uh, our buddy blake harris's book console wars and it was the entire saga of super mario brothers okay (laughs) and how the japanese uh, at Nintendo were like Tom Hanks wanted to do it or Dustin Hoffman first wanted to do it uh-huh. Tom Hanks wanted to do it and they are like Tom Hanks isn't a star because it was like Joe versus Volcano era right right you know and it's insane he like both those actors really wanted to play Mario that's amazing and they had the pretty good screenwriters they did like Richie Rich and a bunch of kids movies at yeah. the time and it just turned into such a mess I worked on that movie that like yeah I mean they had the Max Headroom directors on it and it was totally probably not very appropriate to Super Mario Brothers right it was an insane story. And you worked on it as I worked a, on it. It was a light motive project. Roland Joffe's company was doing it. And a guy named Fred Caruso, who was a godfather, one of the producers of The Godfather, was producing it. And I worked for a company called Altarian Studios, which was Tony Gardner's effects company, makeup effects company. He worked on Darkman. And, and um, I think it was Greg, I want to say Greg Champion, the guy who directed Mom and Dad Save the World, yeah. was going to direct it. Okay. And, and, They'd spent a million dollars at Tony at Altarian Studios, and they did all of these awesome designs. But it was very much Mom and Dad Save the World. It was not Max Headroom, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Morton and Annabelle mm-hmm. Jenkiel. Yeah. yeah, the who, British. The, yeah. yeah, and and so the whole thing turned into a massive clusterfuck for everybody that was working on it. And then they changed the whole thing. They threw out all the designs, like all the cool Koopas, the Koop, all that stuff was all gone. And but it was cool because I knew Fred Caruso when he was producing Bonfire of the Vanities because I was working Whoa. in feature the feature production at Warner Brothers. I was, you know, just the guy who was in his office every day getting call sheets and production reports. So they made me the liaison. So I was always going to Light Motive uh, and talking to him about, and bringing our designs and all that. So you're the we, reason we didn't get a good Super Mario Brothers movie. No, it wasn't you me. Son of a. Well, it would have been a really. I think it would have been a really interesting movie, but it would have been much more like Mom and Dad Save the World than what it became. Guys, we can always dream about these things. Those are Geekscapes Four. We're gonna pause for one last station ID as we wrap up the show. We'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about. We might cool, get some cool Nintendo stuff, but it's gonna be Universal theme parks. I love that announcement. We'll talk about it when we get back. Hey, Geekscapists, we're at the tail end of the show here. Uh, we got a few minutes left, but, you know, the highlight of my week last week was this announcement that Nintendo has partnered with Universal Studios to bring their, uh, their like, Nintendo characters to the theme parks, which um, I haven't been to a Universal Studios theme park in years, uh, except two weeks ago, or two Fridays ago, Carrie Lane, one of our writers, she does all the anime and, like, manga writing on the on the website, 
Um, she won some tickets on some radio promotion where they closed the park at night. Oh, and cool. so you could just like basically walk onto the rides. Right. And uh, I was like, hey, let's go. And um, I did not. I, I didn't realize that they had done so many improvements to the site and there's or to the to the theme park. Mm-hmm. And they're still building like, like the Harry Potter land and right, stuff, right. which looks massive. They they closed the freaking theater to build it. Like they, I think they detonated their amphitheater. Really? Yeah. Like I remember when my brother was a, was in the WWE. We went to the WWE like. Uh, uh, Hall of Fame, yeah, and it was there, their giant amphitheater. I, I don't know what it's called, but um, it's now gone, and it's gonna become the Harry Potter area. Oh wow! And it was that was closed, but they had opened this Krusty's Playland. It's basically Krusty Land from okay. the freaking <laughs> show, <laughs> and you can buy giant donuts. You can get ice cream. You can that's not Nintendo. But this place was my happy place. Yeah. Like it was basically just a bunch of like hyperactive sugar made reality. Right. It was insane. If you guys get a chance and you obviously buy a one day get a year free with these universal theme parks you want to go to the simpsons area because there is uh the b-man you know the little mexican B yeah, guy. like he's got a, guy. he's got a taco truck <laughs> I, I, which I, is kind of racist okay <laughs> and um you know the like the like redneck hillbilly dude has like a like a moonshine like style restaurant okay and it's just awesome to see all of these That's simpsons great. characters walking right. around right. moe's got a tavern you know the moe's bar is there but the ride is awesome. It was the old Back to the Future ride. They yep. reprogrammed it and redesigned yeah. the whole thing to be uh, basically this theme park ride where uh, Sideshow Bob is trying to kill you. Okay. And you have to escape him, but you're trapped in the in the cart right. on, a, on a roller coaster. And the whole thing goes haywire. That part was awesome. The Despicable Me area, which is like a, like a water park, yeah. was insanity. It, but I'm telling you, the Simpsons area is my, my happy place. And so I had so much fun that night. Thank you, Carrie, for inviting us. The like three days, four days later, the announcement that Nintendo's bringing their theme park, th- th- their stuff to this theme park. I was yeah. like, oh, there's got to be a Mario Kart rice. Like, there's got to yeah. be Mario Kart, just like the game. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be like playing the game, except it's now you can yell epithets at other people because you know how you know Nintendo's like <laughs> we will never let you talk people. to other people online. <laughs> right. We will never do that. Now you can do it. Yeah. In <laughs> in real life. I want to step on mushrooms. I want to do Zelda stuff. I want to pull Pikmin out of the ground. I want to. I want to like cut down people's trees, like Animal Crossing. There's like so much stuff I want to do. I want to like send them your less your list of demands. There should be a Metroid game where it's like, is it a dude or is it a woman? And you like Ooh. go up and down and you like have to reveal people's That's sexes. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but it's only at the end of the ride that you reveal like whether or not it's a woman. Right. It's it is though. Everyone knows that. Well, it, it, not necessarily. I mean, you know, it, I want a ride where you morph into a morph ball and when it rolls out, like your spine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> like like I, was, I was thinking today, and then. You you're dead you know because you know it's like oh no you just get a metroid on your head and it sucks your i don't know but um but my mind obviously went crazy because nintendo's one of my favorite things right and i was like dude a theme park i can't wait Pokemon. for it to be 2022 <laughs> and this thing to open yeah see wow. i'm still waiting for the intellivision theme park am i ever gonna get that'd that? be awesome like have, sea have, battle have you met the people at intellivision <laughs> do you know the people at intellivision they're always at kamikaze uh, no i'm gonna I, introduce I would, you to this guy i would love them because i you know I'm going to introduce you to the dude from Intellivision. I think he's looking like... I, that I was the first 8-bit game console. But I, 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 I'm kind of thinking like... You know, because you're always looking at properties. When you're in Hollywood, you're like, what properties are available? And you look at right. Intellivision and you're like, oh, these are properties that are so like early in like 
quote unquote generic, but right. it's like, oh, you just make up anything. And yeah. Just, like, you don't need to option well, any of this. What stuff. about Astro Battleship. Smash? Yeah, it's like, come right. on. It's like, make a movie about Astro Smash. Right. You know, and then, and then all of a sudden they make Battleship, and yeah, obviously, I guess uh, it does work. It's aliens, it's Transformers. And but... then this movie, th- this summer, you got 17 Bomber. Remember Pixels Remember this summer? Have yeah. you seen the ad for Pixels? Yeah, it looks, I, I'm in. You're into it? I'm in. I was like, I'm going to see it, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. We'll find out. It's got a giant Pac-Man. Was it the old guy from Family Guy, the creepy some guy? Some of those movies, some of the movies that come out, a buddy of mine, he's a bit jaded, screenwriter. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, uh, Yeah, naturally. screenwriter. And uh, we were watching Age of Ultron, and all these trailers are coming out. And, you know, like Fantastic Four and stuff. That I'm right. totally going to go see. And sure. he's like, you're just going to have to let me know how that is. You're just going to have to let me know how I have a buddy who's like that, but only with X-Men. And I was like, when did it fucking stop being fun to be alive? Right. Yeah. Like, dude, this is the best era you could possibly be alive in as I, a geek. It you really mean, is. We have everything. I have a friend it. who's so strict about X-Men movies that he hates all of them because they're not his vision. And he keeps talking about the scripts that he would write in the movies, <laughs> and the movies that he would make because he knows how to adapt the is X-Men. Is your friend a cutter? Uh, he might be. <laughs> but uh, this is one of those guys that, like, you know, you just, like, after time, you're like, But, oh, you know, you listen to so their ideas and you realize probably that's probably the shittiest idea for an X-Men movie. Because they're, 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 they're uh, impossible. I, yeah. I love I'm all people that... I'm stuck yeah. in Murder World and right. then it's a shut-up. <laughs> yeah. Spiral. And we're going to bring... You know what? Sugar Man's coming <laughs> from Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> we're bring Sugar Man back. Yeah. And we don't know who it is. And then it's revealed that it's Baby Maker. And like, Mojo. Shut up, you nerd. Bring back all the long shot characters in the Asgardian War. How bad did you get punched in the fucking head? Well, how about the fact that all of these, how uber geeks get all like hot and bothered or angry when they see a picture from Suicide Squad? Like, how about the fact that we're getting a Suicide Squad movie? Right? Like, we're getting a Suicide Squad movie. I saw that movie and I was like, fuck. Did you see End of Watch? Did you see? I mean, I know. Come on. Dude makes good movies. Fury, Fury, End of Watch, and uh, uh, Sabotage. And if this movie sucks, guess what? You still got it, which I got to. Say, if you guys want to see Robert Burnett in a film, he's in uh, Death of Superman Lives What Happened, a movie that That's I right. love. I raved about it last week on the show. I loved this documentary. The content of it is awesome, especially his pearly legs. And <laughs> Yeah, you like, said that. You know what? I, they weren't you, supposed you to show it? my have legs. Seen, have I haven't seen, seen it. Seen it. I, yeah. I was wearing like a jacket. And then my, my, yeah, yeah, they weren't supposed to show my legs. And I was legs. like, John. I don't know if John hired the best DP. I, you know, I love the content of the movie. I don't know about Look, the I guess people like my IZOD shirt. I was Dude, totally, out. totally. People like yeah, you know, you're I, I, yeah, I forget, all right, you know. And then somebody had that on the on their shelf. Somebody in the film has the an, the Izod head on their shelf. Nice. <laughs> and so I was like, "What? This is crazy, guys!" Death of Superman lives. What happens? I know that John's taking it to conventions and stuff. Um, Robert's gonna be at conventions. I'm guessing he's gonna be at Comic Con. Always at Comic Con. Starship Smackdown. If you haven't seen that, you should come. Neil deGrasse Tyson came to Starship Smackdown. Ooh. And Geekscape is gonna be at booth 3919 again this year. Uh, so. For sure, Comic Con, but we got a long summer and a long ways to go. We got E3 coming up, a whole bunch of geek events. Um, the best place to find it is geekscape.net or Facebook or Twitter and all that stuff. But for Robert, if you want to follow him, he's Burnett RM on Twitter. On Twitter, Instagram, RM Burnett, and then Facebook, Robert Meyer Burnett. Okay, so that's where you find out about the stuff. And really, look at that Axonar stuff. You yeah, Prelude to Axonar, uh, become donors, look at our Kickstarter page. Can I give you a kidney? Lots of, well, there's lots of cool stuff. I mean, our, I must say that I'm working on the Axnar Blu-ray right now. The Axnar CD is coming out. Okay. All of our swag is probably some of the best Kickstarter swag ever. I want ever. the text game. 
on that on that <laughs> audio tape. Yeah. <laughs> I want Softcore um, Adventure. Geekscapes. <laughs> I don't know how else to pack a podcast full of geek stuff like I just did for you guys with the help of Will and Robert. But we do it every week, and we'll be back next week. For Jake in the studio here at 2 Year Radio V, we'll be back next week with a whole nother Geekscape. Again, five star us, give us a review, and recommend it to a friend. We'll be right back with Geekscape next week. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks a lot. See ya.